Hello and welcome to the No Holds Barred Witchcraft Podcast. I'm Liam and I'm joined by Chris. And today we're talking about the magic of Snow White. Now I know on a lot of witchcraft slash occult podcasts, people tend to go into the kind of secret occult significance of certain parts of, you know, films and stuff like that. I thought we might cover that. But I think it's also would be a nice idea to start talking about things from a practical perspective. Some of the objects and stuff that you kind of see in mythology or in stories, you know, that kind of thing. How would you go about creating things like that? So this will be part of a series we will discuss other Disney films, but as well as things from mythology stories. Um... And really talking a little bit about, you know, a witch's take on that kind of thing. So, I suppose the simplest thing to do would basically be to sum up really, really quickly what happens in the story of Snow White. And I guess we're going to go for the Disney version, aren't we, Chris? Oh yeah, we've got to go for the Disney one, as it's the one everybody knows best, I guess. So it really depends on kind of I don't know. There are two ways we can kind of do this. Bearing in mind we've only got half an hour for the for the general uh, podcast, and then obviously there's the the extra um, for the Patreon. But um, I think yeah, we'll probably synop- if we synopsis it and kind of bring out some of the different ideas, and we can come back to them later um, if we've got time for them. So I suppose for me. Uh, It would be a case of, you know, it's like other fairy tales. It's about a young girl falling in love, got an evil stepmother. All those kind of archetypes are all there. Um, I think for me, the focal point for it is always the poison apple. I don't know if that's a witchy thing or what, Um, if that's why we like that bit. Um, I must say, re-watching it last last week in preparation for this, um, I spotted so many things I hadn't spotted years ago and I, I must have seen that film a hundred times growing up yeah. like there is no way that I you know should have missed some of those key witchy witchy parts um I think I said before, uh, to you earlier like the in one of the first opening scenes there's the the magic mirror which I guess is what everybody would expect us to talk about and I'm sure we will in the patreon bit um but there's so much that can be said about the poison apple that I don't think we'll probably get uh, time to speak to the other, uh, to speak about the others until after the watershed, but um, we'll do our best. We'll do our best. What do you mean the watershed? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, well, after <laughs> what's what's some that... people listening from the Patreon will know what you're talking about, <laughs> but I, I, however, don't know what you're talking about. Sure, sure. Plead innocence. That's fine. Um, yeah. So I, I guess the the obvious things that people would want us to talk about. Uh, would be kind of magic mirror, um, you know, uh, let's think. OCD door of Cyfall. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Magic mirrors, wishing wells. I'd forgotten about that one. I forgot in the first scene when um, she's singing into a wishing well, wishing for love. I, that, I completely forgot about that. I focused so much on, um, you know, the, the poison apple and the magic mirror Um for it to even even have crossed my mind and then the other thing I found really odd it's obviously like it's this um part where they're forever talking to animals like that's a normal thing to do like who could possibly watch it and think uh, you know all these young women aren't witches but you know um to get to the point I guess uh with the I think it marries the two things up beautifully so for me, whether or not you consider that part of the original story, because most people will go to the um, the Brothers Grimm um, and those kind of thing, um, books in order to go to the, looking for the original. Um, now, bear in yeah. mind, most of these are built on much older archetypes, um, you know, witches, damsels, maidens, all those kind of stuff, um, evil mothers you can quite easily start to pick out where these stories have actually come from a little bit deeper in time. Obviously, my Mm. go-to is always the Greek and Roman, you know that, uh, or the Egyptians. But that's just because 
you know, that's as far as we have back written. So it's to a certain extent, it's so you can only go so far into the written record looking for where these stories might have come from. Um, so I can't not look at the magic mirror, uh, you know, fairest of them all, um, and the mad, you know, poison apple that she spends. I forgot how much of a ridiculous amount of the screen time is spent to making that apple. Um, and we can get to that later. But like, um, I can't look at those two things um, and not think of the apple of discord. So to me, that story makes the most sense as some kind of archetype that this this story has been pulled from. So if you're not familiar, um, I suppose I should start there. Um, apple of discord is from a Greek scene known as the judgment of Paris. So Paris as in uh, Paris Alexander, the the um, the Paris that ran off with Helen of Troy. Um, and you'll all be aware of the kind of Troy story, Trojan story and Helen of Troy, um, who was originally Helen of Sparta. But what you won't know unless you are somebody that has read into uh, the actual story. So the the Iliad or the later mentions of it um, by other authors much later on. Um, trying to think of another good example but it escapes me um, I think the best things we know about the judgment of Paris um, is more likely going to be from someone like Plutarch but yeah so I just um, to kind of give you a flavour of that is people forget why the Trojan War happened uh, and the, the original um, mythical story should we say uh, for the is about what is known as the judgment of Paris so um, Priam has a child they hide the child away. Uh, it's a, one of these kind of um, prodigal son stories. Um, and as part of that, he's visited by three goddesses who are having an argument about who is the prettiest. Now, the the arc, um, the argument starts... Which does nothing for feminism. No. Some of these goddesses do nothing for feminism. No, however, <laughs> it was, it was a it was a female goddess that started it. So obviously yeah. the female goddess, um, you know, Eris, the goddess of strife, threw an apple, a golden apple, onto a table during a wedding ceremony. That's after, you know, the party after a wedding ceremony, um, marked with the words, to the fairest. And three goddesses thought it was for them. And then the argument was, well, which one of us is it for? The goatee was always, let's involve a mortal because they, you know, <laughs> they were just, you know, mainly because it's a game for them. It's a case of, yeah. you know, I went to say Muppets. People are puppets is what I was supposed to say. Um, mortals are, are puppets for the gods to play with. So in this scene, obviously, Paris is made to then choose between the three goddesses. Um and obviously, if you really want me to, I don't know if if we have time, I could go into exactly the story if you really wanted. Is that too much, Liam? I don't know. Well, I think you've given the basics because, again, we'll end up going too much into the kind of Apple of Discord as opposed to Snow White. Yeah. So I know that, you know, in Snow White, it is basically the evil person, woman, gives a poisoned apple. So I suppose most people would expect for you to be thinking and talking about poisons and poisoning people and thou shall not suffer a poisoner to live and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whereas you are thinking of it in terms of a, what, a magical object? Yes. Yeah, so of a different variety? Yeah, for me it was the case... Because poison's mundane. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who can, you know, identify a few herbs can probably find a poison or two. Um or you just put them all in and hope for the best. Well, yeah, hope that you've got a couple that. poisons in you've there. You've got enough of it. Like, like old lady poison does with her lady poison oil. <laughs> <laughs> just throw enough poison in, something will kill somebody. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I suppose I go straight to that. Um, and that's where the connection for me is. Because, you know, it, in, it, encom encompasses, it, it encompasses... I can't even say the word. It includes... <laughs> <laughs> both, the, uh, both the to the fairest so that kind of magic mirror part where she's like you know um has worked so hard to be with all the magic that she has to make sure she's the prettiest one ever 
um, and then somebody comes up to question that. Um, yeah. And obviously, it's not even that she has actually pronounced that she is the fairest of them all. It's a, a magic mirror has told her so, um, and that is enough for her to go and kill somebody off. Um, but then what would a good Disney film be without... Insecurity. Yeah. Very insecure. So, to me, it was a poison apple in the sense, which is the only point I was trying to make really, really long-windedly, um, was that obviously it was a poison apple. So that apple of discord caused the whole Trojan War uh, because it split the goddesses. They obviously, uh, Paris made the wrong choice as far as the other two goddesses were called. Um, Aphrodite was chosen hence why he was given helen of troy um which you know funnily enough is considered the most beautiful woman in the world at that point that is the whole point um that was what she offered paris in order to um to to give her the winning of the contest was i promise you How shallow and fickle i promise you the prettiest woman in the world um, and that one over, what was the other ones? It was to be undefeated and... Yeah, Athena offered to be undefeated in any any yeah. battle. Um, and I think Hera offered something along the lines of... Um, oh, I can't, I'm trying to think what Hera offered. It would have been something, uh, something to do with um, statelyhood, I would imagine being Hera, but how bad is that? It's just completely slipped my mind. Oh, that's terrible. Um, but yeah, essentially... I think, was it not a chance to be king? Something like that. Something like that? It'd be something stately. Yeah. Um, so, you know... We'll go with that. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't want prowess in war. He didn't want to be king. He just wanted a, a beautiful... Wanted a pretty girl. A beautiful woman day. to love. Yeah. Um... Which is obviously, you know, perfect for Disney, isn't it? Something yeah. like that. Give give it all up for a woman. Yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, with the Apple of Discord, you could be thinking about, like, poison, and that is a mundane thing. But the Apple of Discord itself is essentially a golden apple with an inscription. That's psychological play, isn't it? That's the, the tiniest, simplest little thing really brought a huge end and yeah. that's essentially manipulation in its finest form what tiny little whisper do you have to you know essentially whisper in someone's ear to undo this massive empire yeah so if you were to talk about an apple of discord from a magical perspective are you talking about us what a spell perhaps that would do something similar so it going out of the realms of psychology and into the realms of magic and stuff like that what what would you use an apple of discord for what would that look like well it's it's in its title isn't it it's once discord once it you really want to mess mess up not for any any particular gain like there was nothing about there's nothing that um, the you know Eris was going to gain from doing this other than sitting back. Well, I don't know. It's en entertainment. Sitting it? back and watching. I mean, when it, you're an immortal, when you're immortal, like there's only you've probably seen everything on Netflix by that point. Well, exactly. So you just kind of like for that you kind of at that you'd have to guess marry it up with hexes or or jinxes, but this is like a jinx on an epic scale. It's not a it's not a curse. Because uh, a curse would say that it'd have some kind of longing effect for Troy. But, you know, Troy was in, if you follow the mythical story, it's a case of um, what was left of Troy went and founded Rome. So it didn't lose anything by losing that that um, that centre of trade. So like Necklace of Harmonia? Because that's a cursed object, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. So would you think of it in terms of, like, you can talk about spell casting and, like, the evil eye and that kind of thing, and then you can talk about the creation of a magical object. And the way I think of, like, an apple of discard or something like that is to enchant something that, you know, if you're talking about curses particularly, it's a case of, what well, are you going to curse a person? 
Are you going to curse an object such as like I've talked about before? I don't think on here, but I have talked about before cursing family heirlooms of families you don't like because they know that yeah. they're going to be passing that bad luck because yeah. it's part of the family. They're not going to be throwing away this like super expensive historic artifact but someone in that family is always going to own it. And when you talk about curses and ownership, yeah. it's like how many... I mean, you've probably done it as well as I've done, cursed something that only, you know, the curse Would affects ever find. the owner. Yeah, the owner. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm like I say, I'm not sure exactly what I would use a, a an Apple of Discord for. Other than that, is to sit and back and watch, watch chaos unfold. Um, and do you the think pre- there's been an apple? Do you think there's an, an apple of discord been buried somewhere in the Middle East? Do you think that the uh, oh, the app because they do say that the 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 guard uh, the Garden of Eden was in the Middle East and therefore that apple that was half bitten could have yes. gone into the ground and created all of the chaos that's there currently. Yeah, well that was would, that you're doing. That would <laughs> that would be enough. That would be enough of a story. Like I say, that's an. It's an, that is another a perfect example um, of this story with the apple and the discord that is going to be caused by it would be to go biblical, you know, and mm. that that timeline would fit beautifully with the stories that have been passing through Greek history for what four or five hundred years by that point, um, to then get to the point where they're talking about a city that was destroyed hundreds of years before that. Mm. Um, you're kind of like, well, actually, that is biblical to some extent. It was this perfect city of trade where everything flowed through it. It was yeah, a paradise of some description that is then destroyed by an apple. Like, you know... Certainly back then, it's definitely a paradise, isn't it, compared to... So, yeah, it was it was a city with no slaves, with no... It was very much kind of one of these... Um, you know, antediluvian stories. This kind of um, um, one of these stories that built that. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Beyond beyond chaos, I can't see any real pleasure for having one because it's. Well, I suppose it's programming at the end of the day. I mean, there's a difference between the Apple of Discord as being a grenade that you throw that just destroys anything in its path. But think about governmental, um, so destroying and collapsing a government from the inside. You know, the British are very good at that. Yes. (laughs) Maybe that's where it went. It's literally a kind of a case of there's different ways of using that energy or different uses for that. Obviously, you're always creating... Uh, discord and chaos to a certain extent but you can use discord and chaos to your advantage divide and conquer that kind of a thing yeah so you know i don't see that a lot of witches seem to, to deal with things on that level no <laughs> not at all like, not the insta witches anyway <laughs> exactly it's not it's not something they would even comprehend dealing with obviously they've got that pesky rule of three to worry about um no, I think if you talk about Snow White, the deepest uh, thing that you would find a modern witch often talking about is the scry mirror. Oh, there's this thing called a scry mirror, blah de blah de blah de blah de blah But, I mean, some of the darker ones that are like to dress, you know, dress in more black, not saying they necessarily practice darker arts, but they'd probably <laughs> be more attracted to why she pricking the finger three times. You know, and of course, the modern pagans, which aren't really interested in magic at all and only really think about politics, are really just interested in the fact that why does she say, you know, the whole kind of, um, was it, I want a black, black, neither, no, not black child, like, a, oh yeah, a child as white as such and such, as lips as red as this, and you know. Yeah. So it was rather than saying Snow White, the mirror, yeah, refers to, um, you know, a fair, a fair child with um, skin as white as snow, um, etc., etc. That it's it's in that moment, it's like it's a description of that could have been anyone. It just so happened to fit the, uh, you know, stepdaughter that you've got who is actually a princess who is spending her time as a scullery maid. Like, you just... 
you've got that kind of um, glads to riches kind of oppressed part there. But what amazes me with Snow White is, is like I say, how much effort is actually put and how much kind of uh, screen time, shall we say, is given to the actual practice. So like, mm. you know, it opens yeah. with with her at the mirror and how that, you know, she's clearly spent a lot of her power and influence in making herself as pretty as possible. Um, then is getting, and that you're starting to talk about, you know, uh, coming of age, aren't you? This is a coming of age story where she's about yeah. to blossom. She's 13 or 14. She's at that point where she's a co- she's competition. She's competition <laughs> um, at the end of the day at that point. Where And then what's interesting is then they choose the disguise she uses is croning. So you've got yeah. all three, you know, phases of woman, as they, they we would say. I've got to be careful how I say that. That doesn't sound triple goddessy. But, you know. Well, you said it now. You said it, triple goddessy. There is those, those three stages, that kind of uh, maiden mother crone situation going on in it. Whether or not that's Disney on purpose, I don't know. Or if that's left over from the original story. Um, you know, you have lots of Greek stories that are about... Um, disguises um you know um i've just again it's every time i come to do it the name goes um maybe i should start making notes for these things but the um i don't i don't think anyone that listens to this wants (laughs) uh they're really just listening for you to uh to drop a swear or to start about someone (laughs) or for me to start using the w word that's why i listen like using the w word um, I, I want you to say the, the W word followed by some kind of nasty comment. Oh, probably. It's what I live for, you know. Oh, probably. <laughs> the um, Odysseus, that's the one I was after. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, like, you know, there is that sly aspect of disguise. But it was just um, what we were actually talking about was <laughs> was her magic. So you, you have that scene where she then... You then get the huntsman involved and she wants his heart, uh, her heart as proof. Like, why do you need the heart? Like, it's, you could have picked a finger or <laughs> a lock of hair or what, but she well, wanted the, the heart. Normally, or the head. you identify it by the head. Isn't it? Bring, yeah. bring me her head, you know. So, well, that's that's for a different podcast when we do, um, <laughs> <laughs> when we do Old Alice. Um, but yeah, you've got that part of, the, the misidentification, so, you know, he then doesn't have the heart to kill her. And, um, boom, 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 um, then finds, then finds a pig's heart, takes it back, and she's fooled by that. You're just kind of like, you've got a magic mirror, um, and you, you, uh, you were tr- tricked by something as basic as that. Then, obviously, the, um, the mirror gives off the gaff, and then, obviously, um, she then has to go and do it herself. And get her hands dirty. And then there's a huge scene where she's preparing the actual poison apple. And then, um, you know, something like a, a, a mummy's finger, you know, a dead man's finger, that sort of thing. It's very gruesome and graphic for a children's film. <laughs> um, yeah. Whereas, you know, a cackle of an old woman and all that when she starts to build her, um, her whatchamacallit. What's they called? Her disguise into a, this croning old woman, um, and then has no problem um, giving it to her. She only needs to take a bite. And then the bit that really blows blows my mind is what's the obsession with sleeping curses? Like if you want someone dead, why don't you just kill them? Well, I don't know. I mean... I know it's part of the story and the arc would be incomplete if she just killed her off. But I think I think it's probably because, again, you get a lot of differences between the original and older interpretations and that. If you're thinking about when this film came out, you know, normally it would be a case of, oh, yeah, we killed her off. And then the hero had to bring her back from the dead, better from the underworld. From yeah. a Christian perspective, not so good. I like the fact that in the original, the two, um, basically the servants of the prince have to carry 
um, Snow White around in the glass coffin, and they get so tired of it, they open the coffin up and punch her in the face. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make it into the Disney car. No, that's, <laughs> that's very Brothers Grimm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know, I don't get, other than for a story arc, I wouldn't see the point of putting somebody to a sleep, uh, into sleep. Um, and what if she... Yeah, it's just stasis, isn't it? And what if she wasn't so fair? Use them as a, yeah. Because that wasn't true love's kiss in the Disney film. That was a tr- true... Lust. First kiss. Mm. Now, what if she'd been a bit of a, you know, dirty princess and... That wasn't going to be her first kiss. Not in Disney. Like There's no dirty princesses in Disney. I don't know. That Elsa seems like a bit of a... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, then that's all inclus- that. but then that's all inclusive, isn't it? That's an inclusive movie. Um, yes. Whereas we're talking early true. Disney, aren't we? Yeah. Where we're still talking about um, women should be at home cooking and cleaning. Uh, with the help of all well, her, I mean, her furry yeah, I mean, friends. She looks after the the OCD. Uh, well, actually, that's the thing, isn't it? I think that's another difference, is the fact that in the originals, the seven dwarves are actually, like, super clean and OCD and can't stand her being there because she's messy. Yeah. Whereas it's, like, the opposite in the, in the Disney thing, which just reinforces the stereotype of the woman is all house-proud and, and cooks and cleans and that, and the... Men that go away and work all day are dirty and crotty. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, actually. I mean, the parallel really that I see with those kind of films is the fact that you've got this so say kind of magical practitioner that should know better and should be able to make herself the most beautiful thing if she wanted to, assuming that why would she even care about that anyway? There's definitely something lacking in her life. But then you've got the new, the fool on the journey. And yeah. then you've kind of got these characters which warn you, like the Seven Doors warn her, oh, don't don't speak to anyone, blah, 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 blah. But yeah. they don't really quite step in, you know. It's like, who knows more in that situation? Is it the Queen? Is it Snow White? Or is it the Dwarves? Yeah, exactly. But even though, but they're depicted as children who can't fend for themselves even though they work in mines all day. I think that has a different kind of parallel going on as well. (laughs) But but there is that kind of, kind of what story is is Disney trying to tell is I think is is its own um, lecture in its own basis. But from a magical perspective, again, like you say, why does she even need it? Like either kill her off or make yourself know surely she'd be wearing her face that's probably what i would have done um Mm. is gone and taken her face off and then and put it in i was just thinking i was just thinking glamour i I don't really and put and put it into (laughs) no but if you're if you're if you're not happy enough with a glamour and what you need is something more substantial is you need a magical you built a magical mirror to tell you and remind you that's a self-esteem issue but you know yeah. If you were going to go, well, actually, unless you were going to use, I would have, wouldn't want her heart, even as a demonstration of, it would be bring back her head. Um, I'll grind her face into my my daily face mask, um, and fix and absorb absorb the energy of her youth. You know, like where she doesn't go for that, she goes for killing her off, but not even killing her off, putting her in a deep sleep stasis. Uh, where there's a yeah. possibility for her to come back. It goes back to all those, um, ter- you know... It's almost like it was supposed to happen. Exactly. <laughs> but so what's up with that glass coffin? Uh, I don't... <laughs> I still can't get my head around why you would... Like, obviously in, in the Disney, and I'm uh, in the... It's, a, it's about the fact that they can't bear the thought of burying her. Yeah. Um, and it's a display case, it, you know, made of glass and gold. Um, he wants to carry on looking at her. Yeah. He? And he, he makes her, he, people carry him around, carry her around. Um, I can't believe it. We're actually out of time for the, the main podcast, but we'll carry on for the Patreon anyway. Thoth Witchcraft Patreon. Um, but yeah, it just, it, I don't, I don't, 
other other than voyeurism, I can't see I can't see the point of it, as especially as a magical ob- object. Why would you build such a thing? Um, you know, the Egyptians well, again, didn't do that. The Egyptians buried yeah. them away so nobody could see you. Same with tombs of all all kinds. You don't have other than those moments, you know, those kind of <laughs> in, in shows like Merlin where they do the kind of boat burials. You're, yeah. you're not to, you're not there for it's not for display um, but then if it's if it is a sleeping thing you put jewelry and stuff in a display case to keep it kind of safe so is it more of a case of it's just the fact that it's really a display case but it's coffin because that's what you would put a, a person in i suppose <laughs> as opposed to the kind of death wise yeah are we thinking too much into it maybe but that we wouldn't have been accused of that for the first time. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe there is a, a factor of overthinking it on that point. Um, but yeah, I have I have no real reason for the for the coffin. It just other than like I say that voyeurism. Uh, obviously, in the Brothers Grimm version, they're carrying her around. Um, in the Disney version, obviously the dwarves are in mourning the whole time, mm-hmm. um, thinking that she's gone, but they don't have the heart to, to bury her. Um, and in that kind of storyline, it's kind of like, well, especially I suppose she's enchanted, isn't she? So she's not going to age, she's not going to wither. If she was going to melt away, then they wouldn't display her, would they? But it is that preservation of, and is that what it's about? Is it that protecting her from delayed, you know, from a sexual point of view, I'm talking, that it's protecting well, I mean, of the that flower? Open, the guards open, manage to open up the case. So it's not like it's got a lock on it or anything like that. I mean, I, I, it is this protective, but at the same time, it's one of those things that look at art. You put art in a museum and it's protected, but a lot of people will just put art that don't appreciate it in a vault yeah so you know he is infatuated with her at the end of the day so you know it's going to be on display yeah oh well beyond that okay so we can go back to some of the other ones that we didn't cover properly okay uh so wishing wells oh yeah so it kind of starts with her wishing for true love and that kind of that kind of um magical experience is that the word i want for well it's one of those things that from know, the throwing time, a coin <laughs> it's a case of like oh well everyone does this yeah it's like it's a culture isn't it yeah because we still have wishing wells all over the place and people that don't believe in it still do it because it's the thing to be done yeah it's like there's culturally. a harvester re- there's a harvester restaurant indoor restaurant sells burgers and stuff basically a pub it's got a massive and I mean massive pond in the middle of the inside of the pub. And people are constantly throwing money and things and spoons and forks, but mainly money into <laughs> it, which isn't very good for the fish. But it's, it's a weird one. People yeah. see that and connect with that. And that goes into folklore, doesn't it? It's the fact that you're doing something, but you've forgotten why you're doing forgotten it over the time. Why you do it? Yeah. It's one of those that's all, it's all over culturally. It's a European, very European thing, isn't it? throwing money into into bodies of water um i think yeah european throwing money into bodies of water but then you've got kind of certain things about like lucky coins as well in other cultures so it is a nice kind of marrying up of the two um with wish coins and then also the actual what is it that does the magic is it the is it the coin or is it the well or is it both of them and the kind of melding together is it a contract yeah and there's always a spoken word yeah so you know is that yeah is that some basic but then form it, of... you can also argue the fact that it's a case of your if the if the water or the well or both technically i suppose houses deities and it's you're going to their home or it's literally a gateway isn't it because you can't really go down there yeah so it's that porthole much like the magic mirror or much like an altar is is a a, a, 
I say porthole as in like uh, <laughs> on a ship, but portal is yeah, what I mean portal. to say. I just do that all the time. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like that's your portal. Yeah. Well, it's, but it then goes... you can talk about magical water anyway. Yeah, it goes but, to one of those. Yeah, it's one of those things. It goes one to the one of those universal law things, isn't it? Yeah. You know, water being on every plane of existence, that sort of thing. Um, that kind of says it's a it's a a, bar- a barrier that can that allows you to penetrate it. It is that a, a movement, um, that displacement of water that allows you to reach in. Yeah. Um, or bring something forward. So I can kind of get that. Particularly, that's where I would go with magic mirrors. Kind of fits there beautifully as well. Is that mirrors are that fixed? Uh, you know, it's why the Japanese have have certain customs regarding um, mirrors for ancestors and the dead. Yeah, um, I mean, mirror, mirrors, and mirror magic and stuff like that is one of those things that is still people still find mirrors mysterious and it still has a lot of magical connotations. But going further back in history, when mirrors weren't an everyday thing that was hanging on the wall, it would be a real rare thing to even see your own refle- reflection that perfectly, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and the fact that how it's a sacred object, like when you've talked, I know that Lady Poison obviously is quite into, um, you know, reenactment and stuff like that. And she's talked about um, it's interesting the fact that you have the reflected surface the mirror part and then you've got the handle of the mirror and that that's always made from a i suppose quote-unquote non-magically conductive part like yeah. this is the fact that you hold it because it's such a sacred thing yeah. you wouldn't hold it they um, wouldn't be made of the same material yeah and it's not just the fact that it just makes it easier for you to hold it's the fact that that's the port portal Portal. portal. <laughs> That's the portal. 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 Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I, I think those two things marry up quite nicely. Um, particularly with kind of divining the future, and uh, which is particularly what she's doing in those scenes. Um, what was the other one? Uh, speaking to animals. That was the other one. Yeah. Like, yeah. what is that? thing that all these disney princesses do yeah which in um in modern terms we would lock somebody up for something as basic as that well i don't know i i'd go so far as to say because i don't have any pets but people with pets often talk to them and people with pets that talk to their own pets don't think it's strange when other people talk to the pets because it's kind of a relationship thing whereby oh I understand what you're doing there because I do it myself yeah. Whereas someone looking in from the outside it's kind of strange isn't it it's a strange practice so and just... plants as well gardeners talk to their plants yeah well they say they say there's proven <laughs> there's proven theory in there that actually it helps them to uh to uh, produce better fruit and things like that it's very odd well yeah i think they've done um people have experimented and stuff like that and i think that i read somewhere that someone did some kind of experiment and it was in an academic sense as well but i don't think they 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 didn't talk they played music Music, yeah so they'd have they'd have different music that they'd grow the same plants basically or same species in amongst and then you'd have which one grows better and it was the classical music yeah that made the plant grow more yeah <laughs> that sounds like some next level david ike stuff but <laughs> yeah it really does but not but not entirely on the basis that you know you have those and you have those people that when they're pregnant like to play oh well if i if i play them play them classical music when they come out they'll be smart and and things like that and like like i say she doesn't talk to them as directly does she she sings to them in an to be even more nerdy in star trek (laughs) bolians in star trek believe that if you give birth next to a warp core that helps (laughs) 
<laughs> there's a bit of trivia for you you can look that one up uh, i think i might have to look that one up to be honest i don't that was in star trek voyager i don't think the I'm only decent star trek series well i must agree there <laughs> it's the only one worth watching is voyager yeah but is that not just for Catherine janeway Oh, I do like a bit of Catherine Janeway, Seven and Nine, you know, it has the best kind of story, storylines, because that's the thing. What I like about it is the reason why I like witchcraft is that um, when you looked at Next Generation, it was very much Picard sat in a chair, ceremonial magician. Yeah. Whereas when you look at Voyager, it's more like, oh, we've got to do something. We're here, we're there, we're kicked off the ship. Yeah. Something bad's going on. It's like all hands on deck kind of thing. And that's very, from a witch, witch's perspective, we, we work in the mud and the dirt. Yeah. And it get our hands dirty. It's less about kind of ruling over and directing and that kind of a thing. And uh, from a, a perspective of being back. Um, but no, that's going on to a weird subject. It is. Now. And we'll, we'll have to put Trek, Trekkie one on the list at some point. Um, the only other thing I'll say about that is obviously, you know, it's a, that particular se- series is based on <laughs> the notion that you put a woman in charge of a ship and she'll get it lost. Um, oh, you know, if she gets them home, she gets, she gets them home. <laughs> but I thought, I thought, I thought that the series was getting at, bearing in mind um, the interviews and stuff like that that Kate Mulgrew did at the beginning, like before they launched the first series and stuff. It was kind of a case of, well, in order to prove a woman in command, she has to take on a bigger task than what her peers are used to. So if they're all in the Alpha Quadrant, have got backup and all that sort of thing, in order to prove herself, she's got to she's go got out get lost. Ventured. She's well, she's got to go out in a worse situation. Yeah. And I know that there are some women that have said in the corporate world that you know, particularly lawyers for some reason. But if they want to be taken on equal footing of a man as an equal, they have to be twice as good. Yeah. So, but there we go. That's going into the kind of identity politics and that. It's not really magical related. No. So let's bring it back to the magic. Let's bring it back. Okay. So what's the obsession with um, looking beautiful and stuff like that? Because I don't know if if you've had a lot of questions from clients, but... um, Fairly recently, actually, I've had quite a lot of people that have written in or posted messages about um, are there any spells to make myself look beautiful or are there any spells to make someone I dislike really ugly? And I always say, well, technically, there's there's yes to both of those. But (laughs) But why? What? Why? Yeah. Why? Why is that? Why do you think people have such an obsession with that these days? Well, one, it's because we we live in that digital age now where everything's on show. Whereas before you if you wanted a picture of somebody, you'd have uh, commissioned a painting and someone would have painted you. And you'd have also told that painter how to paint you. Um, yeah. And then obviously photograph happens and then. As, as quickly as digital photograph happens is more to allow you to do the same which is so you can photoshop it into you know nowadays you've got this instant photoshopping that happens with mm. snapchat filters like it's it's all about it's all about image i imagine that goes back to a greek thing though um with golden ratio and um, yeah. and all those sorts of things that kind of is this Id- obsession yeah. with perfection um yeah with godliness i guess is the next one that then springs to mind um we will do a podcast on that whereas you know it is that kind of fixation with perfection and you know it um, you could go off on a ta- complete tangent there with there are certain magical practice practices that don't uh, include those that are imperfect so you know i think it's still very much alive as a as an e not not as an ethos but a floor of a floor of the human condition i guess Mm. um probably backed up a lot by christianity and this belief that we are you know um children of a children of god that sort of thing um yeah well there's quite a lot of 
um, beautiful equals good and yeah. ugly equals evil, which you see in with the witch, I suppose, the archetypal kind of witch going from someone with power would be beautiful to someone with power is clearly the enemy and therefore must be ugly. Um, and then even when you're talking about uh, like Roald Dahl, the witches, they kind of look somewhat normal or attractive, but it's all just a mask. Yeah. Because they're really evil underneath. But no, I mean, I've seen quite a lot from studying um, new spells and things like that that kind of kick up and people people get infatuated with with traditional, compared to traditional types of spell work and that is that there's kind of less, I think, or from what I've seen, there's less kind of, I want to make you ugly, that would be how I'd get someone. It's more nowadays, it's like, oh, that's really bad. To be really bad back then, you'd like make their entire family starve. Yeah. And lose their livelihood. Nowadays, no one cares about that. They just want to make them ugly. Curse the whole farm so they could never grow yeah. a crop ever yeah. again. Like, whereas nowadays, you know, it's um, why, which is the one I get. I get the, I don't get the, can I be pretty? It's the, why doesn't he want me? Is what I get more of. Um, how uh, can I make right, him okay. want me? And that's yeah. somehow it's kind of like, well, why do you want him if he doesn't want you? Like that I have to get past first is why does it matter? Yes, of course, we can curse him. I can make his willy fall off. Like, you know, all those things are possible. Have you ever done that? Make someone's willy fall off. Yeah. I've I've dabbled with impotence a lot. Yeah, see, that's that's generally the, the, the one that I'd go for because you want to be able to quite easily undo it. So, so, like, I've had quite a lot of popular requests whereby it's a case of, oh, we'll make it stop working for anyone but you. Yes, I've had, <laughs> I've had a few of those. That's a popular one. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, I get more of, I get far too much of that, which is, what's wrong with me? Am I not perfect? Or, um, they're perf- I want him to live up to the perfect image I have of him. Uh, like yeah. it's that oh that's you know, a dangerous topic that and that's that's the ones that's the ones i struggle with where i'm kind of like my my eth- that, that sounds a bit uh dr um jordan peterson <laughs> kind of that's that's going a bit down the realms of all women want a man which they can change yeah and then when they change him they're not satisfied so they go and get the bad boy who they want to change and then if they change him they get they're dissatisfied it's kind of that sort of thing exactly not saying I agree with that, just saying that that's like a common thing. Don't lynch me. Sure. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, there is that, uh, I think that that is the bit that I struggle with. And again, you know, it's not too far off the topic of Snow White, is that why does she care? Why yeah. Why does it matter that there is a more beautiful woman there? She's already a queen. Like, why does it matter? You, not only is she a queen, but she's a powerful magical practitioner that can change her shape. Why? Why does well, it, it matter? It must come to. It must come to. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I would liken that because obviously we we need to lower the tone a little bit. Oh come on! So I I would liken that to when you think about the rich, ugly, old man that's with the beautiful young woman. Yeah. And you've got the fact he doesn't care. He's old and considered ugly and that the woman's not really attracted to him because he gets what he wants at the end of the day. Yeah. But not everyone's like that. Some people would be from the perspective of, well, I'm not worthy of that. I'd want it, but I don't feel comfortable because I'm, you know, it's a case of, I suppose, you know, is it just what I want or do I want to give someone what they want as well? Yeah. Um, but the thing is, with the Queen, when it comes to beauty, it doesn't sound like she really cares about people liking her or not. She just seems to have, maybe she's over-reliant on the magic of beauty, perhaps. perhaps. Or is something that she hasn't mastered and therefore goes out of her way to kind of... But the thing is, she's like I said, like there is that part where she's managed to change her shape yeah. quite dramatically... Um, so why, why not just do that? Like, 
it all seems all, all invented for some kind of story, methinks. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it goes. But, to, it, it stands to reason with business as well. I've seen this in business before, where you've got people which are doing not particularly well because they're not a very good business and they have competition that does a lot better. Rather than learning from the competition and improving, they try to get rid of the competition so that what they're doing looks good. Yes. So it's literally a case of instead of making herself look more beautiful, she's not trying to do that. She's trying to eliminate Eliminate the competition. competition. Yeah. Yeah, like I say, to me, just makes no sense. I would just, you know, wear the girl's face if I re- if it yeah. really bothered me that much. Is, um, is there anything else we're missing when it comes to Snow White? I'm trying to think now. No, I suppose I suppose the only other thing we didn't talk about, but I guess that'll be covered in other, is the the idea of dwarves. Um, okay. Why they're part of the story? Because that doesn't, other than adding unnecessary magic um, or mystery to another another species <laughs> um, magical mm, species yeah. kind of thing i don't see what other purpose they really serve other than someone is it, is it, has it always been dwarves i'm not entirely sure actually i don't know it probably hasn't it so yeah so i don't know i don't know what it would have been before then um because it's a blending of archetypes there yeah but i suppose with ju- with um, with them, you've got that very much a case of born of the earth, um, childlike. They tick all the boxes of for you go if you wanted to go for that. Oh, men are men are with a dirty job, um, a childlike and need looking after because they're small and etc etc. Maybe I'm just um, I'm a bit. I'm a bit lost as to why that is. Like I say, dwarves will cover in another, I imagine we'll cover in some kind of fae discussion at some point. But yeah, I don't think, did th- yeah, I'm pretty sure when it was, I'm pretty sure that that's just a Disney thing, that they had names as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they had names before that. No, I don't think they did. So, you know, they were less personified, I suppose. Um, but but yeah, other than other than that, I think we've probably covered all the parts of the story that we could could cover, really. Um, unless there's anything that really jumps out at you, because obviously we've Not gone really. off, we've gone off piste a couple of times. So, what about this magical series then? Because this was your idea, wasn't it, about the kind of magic within? fairy tales, mythology, that kind of a thing, because I know we're going to do a couple more of these types of episodes, aren't we? Yeah, well, I suppose I suppose for me it just seems obvious, because it's one of those things that everybody knows, everybody's watched them, everybody knows the songs, and everybody knows every aspect of it. I just kind of wanted to bring forward, one, have we lost what the original stories were about? Yeah. Um, where have those original stories come from? Because obviously this whole group that they've based them on are pretty much all Hans Christensen or um, Brothers Grimm. Like they're, yeah. you know, those... And most, most Brothers Grimm weren't original fairy tales. No. The Brothers Grimm were classed as the original Brothers Grimm fairy tales. But all they did was compile actually... them. They weren't... Well, they changed them a lot. They edited yeah. them a lot as well. Um bit like the Bible. Let's, Ooh, shouldn't have said that. Let's not go there. Um, we don't have time for that. Um, Ain't nobody got time for Ain't that. Ain't nobody got time for but, that. But yeah, it's the kind of one where these archetypes come from fascinates me. And I think anybody that works serious magic will be already trying to break down those individual parts in order to understand it. But also, it's kind of like, would you want any of these magical items? Or are there better ways of doing some of these? And you know me, I'm I like tinkering. So yeah, if there's a way to make some of these these things happen, would there be any use for them, um, and any practical use for them? 
like you know and the various different approaches you could employ to actually make the object because yeah. you can do more than one so to, so to me it's it's a theoretical exercise for something potentially practical mm. if that sum it up nice and neat enough well, you never know. I mean, for the Facebook group, we might make a couple of these objects and see what we can do. They're not all going to cause trouble after all. There might be one or two nice objects in there. We're not all about the curse and the hexen, are we? Well, no. No, not at all. Just mostly. Just, <laughs> I just like the idea of an apple of discord and some chaos caused by, yeah. you know, I like the randomness of did, that. Did you read the um, Discordian handbook? No, I did not. But oh, you should read it. It's, it gets a bit too much amusing. for me. It's quite amusing. That the whole for those that don't know what the Discordian handbook is, it was a kind of a joke religion. Um, Discordianism is a recognised thing nowadays, where a group of people um, worship a goddess that doesn't want to be worshipped and just causes and thrives in absolute chaos. So they're basically a bunch. If you think some of these pagans and conspiracy theorists are loons, then literally the whole point of Discordianism is to be an absolute loon. Yeah. So it's just to make no sense whatsoever. And apparently in doing that, you find some kind of a gnosis. Yeah. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, finish it. It just got a bit too much for me. I could probably... Well, I skimmed through it, but it's not a book book. It's no. literally almost like a doodle. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and they do go a bit further than that, don't they? It's almost a series of, for lack of a better word, caricatures and yes, <laughs> and yeah. cartoons. Um, and they get a little bit too too much for me. Um, particularly when you think they do focus around a goddess like um, Eris. Eris, and yeah. actually, you know, of all the of all the people that would be even remotely interested in that, Eris is probably not one of them even though she is, you know, a strife goddess, you've still got that part of kind of chaos is one thing, um, slow de <laughs> slow descent into um, lunacy. Um, what purpose does it actually serve? Um, it's literally just entertainment. Yeah. I mean, like watching someone that you dislike suffer... Um, you know, but again, I don't, I personally wouldn't go for crafting a magical object for that. It might be amusing to curse someone's family jewelry or something like that, yeah. or their land or whatever it is, just because of the fact that it is linked to them and they have, they can lift the curse, but they have to get rid of something. And there's a real sacrifice of getting rid of your great, 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 great grandmother's wedding ring or something like yeah. that. Um, I'd more likely use and employ uh, spirits and stuff like that to torment them. Like that, to me, seems a little bit more, more logical. logical. Yeah. But then, like I say, when you go back to the Apple of Discord, it's a case of um, this is one one goddess messing with another group of goddesses. Like it's, and then a load of people get killed in because, the crossfire. Yeah, whereas actually to them it's a game. Yeah. Um. And what's happening is that, you know, at the very best, the Trojan War is a game of risk, you know? <laughs> mm. So I, I have a question for you then. Oh, go on. So if you were the one that had to pick between the three goddesses, what would your answer be? Oh, you waited to the 11th hour for that one, didn't you? Um, well, you've got to put the good stuff at the end so they carry on. <laughs> you, you're trying to say it's strategic. Are you saying you'd go with Athena, would you? No, I'm not that. I'm not that smart. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Of the three goddesses, I, I couldn't go with Hera. One mainly because I don't like her. Um, <laughs> she's far too petty, even for me. Um, wow. But the, um, I adore Aphrodite. I really do. Um, obviously so you'd be going for aphrodite really but not because of what she'd give you but because you're already on her side yeah right and i was already on the side of the trojans before the war started but obviously ah. i'm going from the point where um i know what the game was yeah. whereas he was completely yeah. oblivious as to what the game was he just thought oh my looks in here um not even thinking about the fact that obviously 
by choosing you're offending two goddesses out of three like yeah whereas I'd, and one of them's a goddess of war yeah you're kind of like you know would you not just go can i not cut the apple off <laughs> that would be probably oh, yeah. the first thought kind of whereas you know the apple doesn't mean anything to any of them um other than it's it's a, a prize to lord over the other oh. two I'd probably just take it and say, I don't think this was meant for I don't any think of any you. of you should have it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I give it, give it back to Eris. But there we go. I think we are out of time now. We've gone so. for over an hour. 